Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, episode 45 on parasocial relationships. Enjoy. What is good? What is good? Welcome to the show. We are back with another one. Today we're going to be talking about parasocial relationships. Um, <clears throat> but first, of course, we always have church announcements. So first church announcement, please go back and listen to the previous episode. It is mostly about 2024 astrology and also Black History Month, but but it's not so topically focused on Black History Month as it is just kind of, I feel like, important messages and it's kind of really relevant for this new season of the podcast. I did notice that I kind of have a little pattern that I go in whenever I am podcasting um, because this is about to be the fourth year that the podcast has been going on because I actually started it like two days after um, the pandemic, the panoramic started. Um and so it's been four years and I am, I think I'm on episode like 45 now, but I did go back and I noticed, I don't know if it's because of my astrology chart um, or just the natural flow of energy, but I typically do start back, start podcasting around March and then I usually take a break after um, around November-ish. So that is something I've noticed in the past season. So take note, I do really thank my uh, my people, mi gente, the people who listen to the podcast, because there has been um, great reception to it. But I am really thankful that people don't really bug me about putting out episodes and stuff, because y'all know I'm an Aquarius. I... Whenever I say, whenever I feel like I got something to say, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna say it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna stand on business and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the people know what's good. Whether that y'all know whether that's about emergencies, national emergency, conspiracy theories, spirituality, whatever. But um, that's kind of what I wanted to say. Please go back and listen to the previous episode. It is it kind of gives you a glimpse into where I'm going with content. Um, I don't, I don't know if anybody, people know this, but I actually have like a sociology master's degree from university of Michigan. And I, I graduated with that like 10 years ago, but I do find that in today's times, it's even more relevant for us. Um, people who listen to the podcast, you know, spiritual people to have an understanding of sociology and um, because it kind of grounds, for me, sociology really grounds a lot of spiritual principles um, in society and people and experiences and real lived experiences. Um, Now, there's a certain type of sociology now, remember that, but that is how I think it's relevant, especially um, in the context of looking at spiritual phenomena through the context of sociology. And so this, this is actually, I do, parasocial relationships conversation does have some things to do with Pluto and Aquarius. So I do talk about that a little bit um, in the show, but um, 
Okay, so then what's the second one? Okay, the second church announcement is please share the podcast with your friends and family. Y'all know it's raw and uncut. (laughs) It is actually... I do go back and edit a little bit, but typically the goal is to just sit down and do it through through and through. It's gotten great reception. I don't really like I don't like to go back and edit whatever, you know, and whoop de woo. So um I'm really happy for the reception and it keeps me going. Um, okay. Fourth year podcast. Okay, I already shared that. Yes, share it with your friends and family please share it with your friends and family okay so that's enough for the church announcements let us move into the actual show okay so today we are going to be talking about the growth an increase in the phenomena of parasocial relationships. I'm going to go through and tell y'all a little bit about what parasocial relationships are. We're going to be covering a lot today. I'm not, I'm going to just put the outline in the show notes because I don't want to go through. This ain't no co-corporate presentation. This is a conversation. So the pandemic really spurred the growth of parasocial relationships. The definition of parasocial relationships, I feel like I need to start out with that. A parasocial relationship is a one-sided relationship where one person extends emotional energy, interest in time, um, and the other party, the persona, um, quote-unquote influencer, is completely unaware of the person's existence. Parasocial Relationships are most common with celebrities, organizations such as sports teams, or television stars. So we're going to dive a little bit into that, um, specifically because this is a very spiritual thing, too. This does have a very spiritual nature in the fact that during the pandemic, we had a lot of people that were trauma bonding through the form of parasocial interaction. So if you think about it, everybody was sequestered, (laughs) um, quarantined, and everybody was just on the screens. I can tell you, I blew up during the pandemic, the panoramic. I I, I like, that's when I like really blew up because I was like, well, I'm in the house. I might as well just start making content and doing what I really felt like I needed to do. Cause I was like, well, hell, if it's the end of the world, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do me. I'm going to make sure that I fulfill what I need to fulfill. So we had a lot of people, um, during COVID who was stuck in the house. Y'all know I'm, I'm praise God. I don't have no kids, but y'all know people was really getting annoyed with their kids. The kids were really doing the most. The kids was on 100 People couldn't really escape out the house. So the only way to really escape was through the screen. So we had a lot of these 2D portals that people started interacting with more, you know. Um, and then, of course, companies started understanding more about that this. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the um, parasocial, relations, parasocial relationships in late stage capitalism so we're gonna go deep period but um 
that is the spiritual nature of it. I do think there are some positives, of course, in parasocial relationships. Um, they do kind of sometimes you can have positive influence on people. Of course, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Like parasocial relationships are kind of a, a byproduct of what I'm doing as a content creator. You know what I mean? Like for me, I feel like nobody else can say what I'm saying the way that I'm saying it. So that's the reason I'm saying it. And thankfully, you know, people have been receptive to it. Um, but this is a really big kind of like very important issue. I think that we need to be talking about. And so, yeah, trauma bonding is kind of the spiritual root sometimes but they like I said there are positives like what I'm doing I feel like I'm making a positive impact of course the other people are making a positive impact inspiring other people and stuff like that but this is this is I would say this is a, the negative aspect of parasocial relationships is a part of the um of an underlying function uh, a passive function so we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the in the context of sociology but um okay so let's start out i wanted to start out with a little anecdote from someone online um and this is from an article called too close for comfort the pitfalls of parasocial relationships i will say that women are disproportionately affected um negatively when it comes to parasocial relationships because a lot of times in society women are expected to pick up more of the more of the slack when it comes to emotions in socializing um it is a lot there's a lot tied up into it that's not the only reason but i wanted to read a quote specifically from um the experience of a woman <clears throat> And so let's see. Okay. A few years ago, I had a fan. So this is this is an, a person who's pretty influential. Um, a few years ago, I had a fan. She had read my writing and listened to my podcast and awfully replied warmly to my tweets. Occasionally, she would send me private messages and eventually I started following her back. It was nice. At some point, the volume of communication increased. I began receiving emails and the notifications and messages spread to Instagram. Then they grew more frequent and uncomfortably so. She wanted things for me, to work for me, to meet up with me, to know how my weekend had gone, to tell me how hers had gone, to tell me about the job she disliked, for me to help her with a project she was launching. My heart began to sink whenever I saw her name appear on my phone and I started responding less and less and in the hope of discouraging her overtures then she came to an event i'd organized the first time we'd actually met and to my mortification presented me with a bundle of gifts which i obviously sent a thank you message for i'm not a monster she said after a period where rarely a day would go by without some form of contact invitations for coffee lunch to her house all politely declined i texted a friend asking for advice the attention had become suffocating but i also felt a little guilty she was pleasant enough if somewhat intense 
In the end, I chose the coward's way out. I blocked her on social media and felt immediate sen- and felt an immediate sense of relief as I did so. It probably wasn't the kindest way of dealing with the situation, but I also reasoned that feeling anxious on, uh, on account of a stranger's expectations of friendship for me wasn't what I signed up for as a writer. After that, I never heard from her, from her again. And so... I have had some of this kind of happen to me a little bit. Not necessarily. I have not had. um, I haven't had it as bad as this person. But I do. I think for me, one boundary that I created early on was I don't really DM with people about stuff. Because people will message. People be messaging about a lot of different things. And it is a lot of energy. But this is one of the phenomena, you know, and I'm not even trying to make this other person, the person who was, you know, sending the text messages and all that kind of stuff, like sound like they have like mental issues. Cause, um, anyone can, you know, it's just some people don't really understand boundaries like that, but this is a classic example of the negative aspect of parasocial relationships as it relates to people who, you know, have become sort of influential in a field and um specifically this is one another reason that i became interested in this and um i did also want to bring up this parasocial relationships and um social media is really big in the spiritual community a lot of people this the spiritual community is one of the biggest places for trauma bonding so you know i do think a lot of people some pe- content creators do feel guilty and they're like oh my god i have to engage with this person but you know at the at the end of the day it's not really fair to either of you to build these kinds of unhealthy relationships because it's not really based in reality just because it's like it said like the definition said it's a one-sided relationship like even though i've had people tell me about you know different stuff and i'll be like how did you know about that that about me and they'll be like i just listen to your podcast and it's not like they are being creepy or whatever but it's like you know they are approaching relationship knowing a lot more about me you know whenever you listen to someone's podcast or if it's personal you know a lot more about them of course than they know about you and there are you know real implications to these kinds of relationships so that is the reason i want to explore this further and also the fact that you know a lot of parasocial relationships these are mirroring types of interaction um one-sided mirroring because it's like a lot of times people treat influencers celebrities i mean i'm guilty of it too i'm not this is not me preaching down to nobody because i've done the same thing before but celebrity culture is based around this kind of thing where um it's very one-sided and and yeah so i will say you know for people i'm going to give some tips on just parasocial relationships and just kind of how to constantly kind of monitor your thinking processes and the relationships that you're building on social media but um as i mentioned there are negatives and positives to it um but I do want to dive a little bit deeper into the fact that um, I think what makes a lot of it problematic is 
you know, I've I've been, I've t- talked about sort of the positive and negative aspects of parasocial relationships, but if you look at it in the context of late stage capitalism, as I'm going to talk about later, there has been a commodification of social identity. So it's become a lot more insidious. Like there's a lot more product placement in everything. Everywhere you look, it's like you're being sold something. Whenever you are interacting with an influencer, everything down to their eyelashes can be a source of a commodity. Whenever you look at celebrities, think of Cardi B, think of other celebrities and these 360 deals, they, it appears like they have a lot of money and stuff like that, but a lot of the companies buy them things. They buy them these things. They tell them you have to wear this, this, and this when you're going to this event. You know, you can't be seen with this brand, da 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 All of that is because they understand that these fandoms and stuff like that have built it's a strong parasocial relationship and they are really milking that so it's a lot of commodification of social identity and with the growth of influencer culture you know like micro influencers all that kind of stuff it's become it's even is all over there's a lot of layers to it and this is i will say a product um I think this is very relevant. I wouldn't say it's a product of, I think it's very relevant with um, Pluto in Aquarius. Um, I talk a little a lot about Pluto in Aquarius in the previous episode, but just to give you a little lowdown about it, Pluto in Aquarius happened. The last time it happened was during like the American Revolution, Haiti Revo- Haitian Revolution, um, French Revolution. And it really is a radical time, but also Pluto in, Pluto in Aquarius is really it exposes a lot of the shadow aspects of Aquarius Pluto is the planet represented by Hades is dark stuff um transformation though there's some positive things with Pluto I'm not going to trash the planet Uh, or Pluto ain't no planet but y'all know what I'm talking about um Aquarius Pluto in Aquarius specifically there is a lot of um I would say that involves a lot of shadow phenomena when it comes to building relationships. Aquarius is very functionalist when we think about society. And so it's very interesting that technology is really impacting the ways that our society is built, the interactions of society. Um, Also, the technology is creating a lot of isolation and a lot of echo chambers in different kinds of communities. So there is the Pluto and Aquarius is a very, very relevant transit for this. And I think this is parasocial relationships are a phenomenon that we need to really be paying attention to over the next 20 years of this transit because social media, all that kind of stuff is relatively new. And the way that they are spending all this stuff to make people make money and stuff also, I think, is very interesting. Like, a lot of people be talking about wanting to be content creators and stuff like that. But it's like, I do think people need to think a little bit bigger in some contexts because some people be trashing nine to fives and stuff like that. But it's like a lot of the content creators are just going to be slaves of corporations and brands. You know what I mean? So them TikTok influencers, whenever they have, whenever they get a certain um, number of followers and they get a deal, as I mentioned with the 360 deals with a lot of musicians, with a lot of artists, musicians and celebrities and the music industry is the same thing with the TikTok people's. They, there is less control. They are more so controlled by people who aren't in front of the camera, who are not necessarily, um, 
influencers in front of the camera, if that makes sense. So I think it's critical that people do think about this kind of stuff. Think about the ways that it is being used in different contexts, especially in the context of late stage capitalism. Um, Okay, so let's dive a little bit more into understanding more about parasocial relationships. Okay, so let's look at social media platforms, um, specifically the podcast, and look at it. And this is kind of like an empirical study, a case study, if you will. Um, Okay, so this article that I'm reading from is also, um, I think this is also too close for comfort. But, uh, okay, so if ever there was a media format that lends itself to parasocial fandom, it is the podcast. The way we consume them one-to-one, a familiar voice chattering away in our ears, often in the privacy of our own homes, makes podcasts a particularly intimate experience. And for many listeners, that friendship experience, quote-unquote, is a huge part of their appeal. This is something that Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews, both 20 and co-hosts of one of Australia's most popular podcasts, Shameless, know all too well. Also, by mentioning these people, I'm not supporting. They, if they've said stuff that I'm not into, you know, I, this is an example from the article. So, just you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I have not listened to this podcast, but I really just like the example. Um, so that's the reason I'm putting it in here. Okay. Um, also, sorry, I'm drinking like tea right now, so you might hear me gulping in the back, you know, but that's the ASMR deep throat. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. The duo were close friends before starting the podcast and their weekly analysis of celebrity and pop culture now pulls in an impressive 1.6 million downloads a month, mainly from 20 something women, but it's their friendship as much as their musings on the latest Kardashian scandal that drives the podcast popularity. Um, Andrews notes, people are invested in the dynamic between us and our bond. Even now, four years into doing the show, we still on occasion receive DMs that imply we're not actually friends or that we're trying to deceive people and don't actually like each other, that we secretly fight behind the scenes and aren't as close as we appear on the show. As well as projections about the nature of Andrews and McDonald's friendship, some listeners have also projected the expectation of friendship onto the duo. We've been invited out to social events with listeners who sometimes get a little confused when we don't respond or are quite surprised when we don't want to go to dinner with them. Andrews tells me, and the consequences of not indulging what fans perceive to be a reciprocal relationship can be disconcerting. The pair describe a quote-unquote flipping of the switch where their most ardent fans have occasionally become hostile when the pair fail to engage with them, sending aggressive DMs and leaving critical comments about the show on social media. I too have experienced fans whose mood turns sour when they consider themselves spurned one minute sending congratulations on the publication of my book the next suggesting that i am full of shit so that is 
a classic example but i like i mentioned this isn't i'm i that's why i rock with the people who listen to our podcast because fortunately i mean i have not really had this but also male privilege you know what i mean i do go by he they all that kind of stuff but you know as a male i do have privilege in that way um, but that is, this is something I notice a lot of my women friends be going through. I'm not even going to lie to you. So I, if, if you are someone who is a man and you're listening to this, or even if you are a woman, just try to analyze yourself and not put this onto women that this, this expectation, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot for people to take on. Women already have to take on a lot. Um, women are all, always held, expected to hold space. You know what I mean? Um, okay, so this is trigger warning. This talks about sexual assault a little bit. Um, after Andrews and McDonald published a book in 2019 in which Andrews detailed the sexual assault she'd experienced at 18, she received hundreds of messages from women who'd suffered similar trauma, something she was totally unprepared for. Though she repeatedly took to social media to plead with her followers not to send personal accounts of their assaults for the sake of her own mental health, she felt considerable pressure to provide the kind of emotional support one would usually expect from an actual friend or a quote-unquote therapist lord jesus now that now we got to keep it 100 this isn't a part of the article we got to keep it real a lot of people do treat people as the therapist i mean i've gotten dms before people asking me can you help heal my grandmother um you know, you respond in a message and then they just send all this stuff about everything going on in their life and stuff like that. And it can be overwhelming. Um, it is, like I mentioned, parasocial relationships are one-sided. So it's like this person is coming at this. They're getting all this energy and they don't even know what the what the root of it is. You know, they don't even have the full context. Um, so that is something that I really feel like this, this anecdote... Um, highlights and so i'm going to go on with with what the person is talking about um i really struggle mentally with the tsunami of sexual assault stories she remembers i had some people get incredibly upset with me that they sent me a story and i didn't respond or give some form of mentorship girl this is sorry this is not part of the the, um the article but bitch hell's already no don't come at me with that kind of energy you gonna get upset at me because you because I didn't respond to a story, girl. Girl, don't even because my my spirits will come after a hoe. Don't even like nah. Uh, I think that's all. Not like people. I don't think people be acting like they scared of me and stuff like that. But people that the people just know. I'm just thankful that people have not done this stuff to me. Lord, this sounds like a lot. People getting upset at you. Somebody trying to read your life because you didn't um, respond to a story. Girl, you better. You, you, oh, a chai. I will get so trill on a whole bits. Okay, let me keep going. There was 1% of women who got very aggrieved or anger 
<laughs> angry when those stories weren't responded to. It's clear that the pair have this sound like some Karens too. I mean, it's a lot of different people. Actually, I have a friend. She's she's very well known. But Spirit showed me one time that several people had an altar of her. <clears throat> and that they were they was low-key praying and trying to suck suck her energy away. I ain't gonna say who it is now, baby. But that's just some tea that I that I got from Spirit one day. I was Cause you know when you psychic, you just be sitting back. This is stuff my grandma used to do. Cause when you when you psychic, you just get tea, and you don't even be really asking for it. That's the reason I'm so good at keeping secrets. Cause I don't really be asking for people's tea like that. But people know I can keep secrets, and I don't I don't really get off on like telling people's business. You know what I mean? So spirit told me one day and i was i texted her about it and i was like child spirit said it's people's with altars of you baby girl lord jesus you better <laughs> okay it's clear that the pair have learned the hard way to establish rock solid boundaries as their profiles have risen when i ask if any of their listeners have crossed the line from fan to friend the answer is unequivocally no we will always be polite and friendly with fans who approach us but there won't be a one-on-one -on -one situation where we're dming a fan back and forth over weeks ain't nobody got time for that sharing your children sharing your boyfriend the inside of your home perhaps about your mental health or other illness struggles Family stuff, all of that performs better on social media. This is the article still. Anything that is very intimate and relatable and that other people can identify with, the things that used to work, the things that used to work like keeping it impersonal and showing your outfits just does not work anymore. And this is a drive of the algorithm too. It's pressing creators to do more videos, to do more things that are like more intimately engaged with their life. Or it's just some silly shit. Y'all know it's everything be going viral that is just silly as hell. Not like I'm trying to sound like somebody a geriatric, wanna be caring or nothing like that, baby. But I'm just saying girl this it's a lot going on so you know even if you are somebody who has gone off on somebody um because they didn't respond to a story you know nobody's perfect and all of this is a learning process and that's the reason i'm doing this podcast is because i think is we about to see it's about to go into new levels i'm gonna talk about beyonce in a little bit don't <laughs> y'all already know i know some of y'all are thinking about beyonce I know some of y'all been thinking a little bit about her, so y'all already know I'm gonna, I'm gonna cover it a little bit here in a little bit here in a little bit. All right, all right. So we are back, and let's break down what different types of parasocial relationships there are now this is not an exhaustive list this is not the definitive list la lista definitiva this is not that this is just a list that actually i got from chat gpt <laughs> but i thought it had a good breath 
of examples for the people so you can get some context into uh, into what this is into this phenomenon because it spreads across an array okay so <clears throat> as we go through these people as we are as we go through these examples think of people specifically and um leave me a review or something oh fuck i forgot about that in the church announcements leave me a good review y'all leave me a review on the uh, if you listen to this right now go leave me a review while you were listening leave me a five-star review on itunes please um okay anyway celebrity worship if you were listening to this and you go go to instagram and comment on the post and let me know some examples of um these different types of parasocial relationships that i am talking about okay celebrity worship <clears throat> bayhive the barbs girl can we get into the barbs and that kind of parasocial relationship i would say i'm like a pseudo barb like i'm not really i don't really be excusing all this stuff because i do feel like some stuff nikki be doing i'm like mama like can we just promote the album she she knows a lot of industry tea though she's been she has seen a lot and she's low-key kind of psychic too I, she she's very yeah very gifted she's a seer you have you if you're that creative and that like i could go on and on about her but in terms of celebrity worship, we do have some fans. There are a lot of fans. They be going and doxing people. I think with Meg the Stallion, did they say that they were going to desecrate her mother's grave or something like that? Because she was saying, you know, all that stuff. I'm not going to repeat it here. But their whole feud. So this is celebrity worship and this is a parasocial relationship. So this is people, this is people taking up for people that they ain't never really even met before. I mean, I've, I've done it before, of course, but when we think about it, do you really know what happened between these people? And sometimes you can really tell when different things are a ploy. There have been some things that have been a ploy. But I'm talking about this stuff because it's a form of manipulation. And anytime that we're thinking about parasocial relationships, we have to look at the interaction of the two. But we have to also look at the circle within which the the two is existing, if that makes sense. So there's always a structure that is shaping an interaction. The interaction is not solely just two people. It's a lot of other stuff. So celebrity worship. So idolization. Is Shabbat. What did God God said? Do not worship the idol. Now that's not in the Bible. But I don't even. I can't think of the verse. But y'all know what I'm talking about. But I think it's very important to understand that idolatry has existed across space and time. It just transforms, and so thinking about celebrity worship and these days celebrity worship we are i mean i will say my guilty pleasure is celebrity gossip well y'all know i like to talk about it on here but from a deeper angle it is very interesting the way that just celebrity worship has really taken over and i know that people get tired of hearing about this in terms of a distraction 
But to be honest, a lot of the entertainment industry is meant to be a distraction. It is meant to be, you know, I think that the arts, of course, I, I love to sing. I love to dance. They are meant to be supposed to be cultivated. Of course, you know, that's part of cultural development. But at the same time, the industry as a whole is very focused on making money and control. And also there is a lot, there's a lot of, con- there's a lot of interconnection between media, power structures, government, and the entertainment industry. That's just the world we live in. So a lot of times, a lot of celebrity worship does fuel more people being unaware of what is happening outside of the context of what a certain celebrity might be wearing. So it serves as a great distraction from other issues such as, you know, wars that are happening around the world. I don't want to just I'll only mention Palestine, but fucking the Congo, um, Sudan, you what's happening in Uganda, the anti LGBTQI plus bills. Um, there's a lot of things that this does distract people from. Um, but there's a lot of different ways that it just, it just exists. Celebrity worship, you know, um, fictional character attachment. Oh, girl, (laughs) don't call me out. Oh, okay. I call me out. This one just called me out. I'm gonna just tell y'all the story real quick. So I have been watching this telenovela called La Reina del Sur. And it's about this, um, it's about this woman who is a narco trafficker, a narco traficante, and she's from Mexico. Um, and it really, it reminds me of when I lived in Mexico. I, I had a lot of fond memories of when I lived in Mexico. I lived in Mexico for almost like half a year and just really met some cool people going back. Definitely. So if you know anything about Mexico, if you live in Mexico, um, hit me up, period, because me encanta Mexico. But Teresa, I have really okay. So this telenovela, there is sixty episodes per season, temporada, and so I have really become attached to Teresita, Teresa. Saying Teresita in Spanish is like an enduring way to say like Teresa, Teresa. And so I, <laughs> I do follow her on Instagram and I do at her and be like, oh my God, I love her. Um, but child, I be going through it whenever she goes through stuff on that show. Cause it's like, I have really bonded with her. And one of my ways of kind of, I guess, just like processing and kind of like tuning out is just watching movies and watching shows I love escaping into like a juicy plot you know what I mean and I have really (laughs) and yeah I have really I've really gotten really close to um Teresa and the whole cast basically um but this this is again it's a parasocial relationship because I am sitting here, you know, I'm just watching this in my apartment and I'm watching it in, in the, in the privacy of my own home, you know, and really building an attachment with these people, attachment. 
Okay, so media personalities and influencers. We have definitely already talked about this and stuff like that, but I do want to talk a little bit about Beyonce because there has been some controversy around her and her release of the sacred um hair care line and the fact that she don't be on there with her hair um i have seen in the comments a lot of people talking about um giving examples of other people who do not necessarily use the products that they sell there's a lot of different examples of that um and then also people who have been really critical of her not supporting Palestine and stuff like that. I'll give you my take. This is I'm not this is not for me to influence anybody's opinion or nothing. So if you have your own opinion, I don't really is you keep your opinion. I don't I'm I'm not I think it's important that everyone stand on their own business, you know what I mean? So if you feel a certain way, I, I I see the beauty in different types of arguments and different types of perspectives of reality. For me, I have been, Beyonce was one of the reasons I came out to myself. Like, she really shaped me, shaped my world when I was, like, 13. And she came out with Crazy and Love, that album. But these days, I do kind of feel like Beyonce is a little bit removed from the peoples. Um, And I do, I do understand why people might be a little bit mad about Sacred. Because it's like, girl... Beyonce is a part of the capitalist machine, so we can't we can't knock that. We can't act like we're not aware of that. Um, but it is kind of annoying because it's like, it's like she is in these ads, and it's like every single race of people, even within the black race, there's so many different hair types. If you think about let's see the standard scale or the standard spectrum for black hair that a lot of people go by is 4a 4b 4c 3 1 2 3 da, 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 da. that is 12 different hair types and there's more different hair types and uh, your hair isn't the same type on all of your head so it's like your hair is not going to be the type is not going to be uniform across your scalp but I do think that especially black people are kind of confused sometimes by Beyonce because she does all, all this like pro-black stuff. Not like I'm saying you can't be pro-black and sell a hair care line that is geared towards everybody. But we all know black people's and our hair products like we don't even front. And also one of the reasons Rihanna was so successful, has been so successful with her makeup line is because she actually uses it on herself and i know that people are talking about like you know <clears throat> this is an expect this is an expectation of black people that's unfair they don't expect this of white people blah 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 but that's just how you connect with black peoples like period you you have to see we need to see things on people and i do think if we are if it's a black person who is selling something why not just use it on yourself. Why not make that a standard? Like, we need to... I, I need to know that you're using it on yourself. I want to feel like I'm Beyonce when I'm using sacred. You know what I mean? I, I want to feel like I'm... <laughs> I'm not like I'm in the shower. Because, you know, I'm not into women like that. But, I'm, I'm I, you know, I want to feel like I'm like... You know, I want to feel like I'm, you know... 
in Saint Tropez, you know, sh- shampooing and conditioning my hurt. I don't, I don't really, I can't stay boiled, but you know, I want to, it's about the experience. Any product these days is what kind of experience are you selling to the people? And I do feel a lot, like a lot of people are disconnected. They feel like she is disconnected. Oh, and she's a billionaire. And y'all know I love Beyonce. Like she is mother. But we cannot discount the fact that <laughs> she is pretty disconnected. Um, so I do. I'm I'm here for all of it, but I don't really think it's like you know. It's it's a lot to talk about and to think about, but I do think that's kind of a reason that a lot of her stuff doesn't really do that well, like in terms of other products that she does that are not music because she doesn't sell the connection. She doesn't sell the experience. She doesn't act like she uses the product for that experience. You know what I mean? So, and I'm open to critiques, of course, but this, that's just my opinion. And then of course, with the whole Palestine thing, it is annoying because go back and listen to the previous episode. I explain all this stuff, but people are talking about, um, but people are talking about how we shouldn't put this responsibility on to Beyonce to talk about Palestine and stuff like that, which is very true. Um, She is a billionaire and I would not expect her to give up what, like I wouldn't expect her to give that up because it obviously is really, really important to her to be a billionaire and rich, which I do not think billionaires need to exist. That's a whole nother topic. But I think that, you know, I'm not going to front. I'm not going to act like she is someone who she's not. So it's like when she doesn't talk about Palestine, I'm just kind of like it's more so like me just being tired. It's like another thing trying to sell us. It's like I do like the house. I did like the house Renaissance album and stuff like that. And I listen to some country music or whatever. But also with the conversation about like, you know, her breaking in the country music and stuff and highlighting other country music artists and stuff like that. I, I'm here for everybody getting their shine on the think pieces and stuff like that. And, you know, um, really talking about um, her influence, Beyonce's positive influence and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, is she doing this? I think it's cool to do the exploration of music and stuff like that. But it's kind of like sometimes it does feel a little bit gimmicky to me personally a little bit i'm just kind of like child this is a lot going on right now but i'm here for the music and musical exploration exploration but i do feel like i kind of need a break a little bit just because i i can i I just need a break a little bit that's just speaking for myself not speaking for nobody else not trying to knock nobody else all right so let's switch the gears a little bit um next another type of parasocial relationship a very big one is pet and animal influencers i specifically don't really know too many about i don't really know about pet influencers i do watch a lot of cat videos (laughs) but i don't really know a lot about those but if you know about any give me let me know in the comments on my post that i make on this on instagram Characters in news or politics. Oh my God. 
Don Lemon, we already know all them. Sports figures. Can we talk about um, Taylor Swift and whatever his name was? I don't even know who... I don't remember. I don't know what his name is, but I know that Taylor Swift was very involved in the Super Bowl. There were so many different types of rituals going on. Of course, that's how the Super Bowl is, but it was just a lot going on. Like Taylor Swift was there because I think her man was playing on one of the teams. It was a lot going on, but the parasocial relationships are very common with sports figures, content creators, and streamers, of course. Um, I already talked about Beyonce. Also, I hope that came through as clear my my kind of rant about Beyonce. I think with Beyonce, what kind of really gets me sometimes is, of course, she has commodified a lot of tropes around black radicalism. Um... Ooh, do I want to say bastardized? I don't know. Because it depends on how you look at things. If you, as far as billionaires, I think billionaires are, that is a lot going on. Because as I mentioned, I think in the last episode, if you're a billionaire, you are most likely connected somehow to the trafficking economy, trafficking economy, because there's no way for you to be a billionaire really and actually be paying wages that are fair or creating your supply in a way that is like I don't know fair even if you go to crypto currency look at the servers look at the environmental impact if you go to people who like like I mentioned cryptocurrency people that make their money from and people might be like oh my god well it's abstract and digital actually there's a lot of servers cryptocurrency all that is a detriment to the environment (laughs) essentially Like, and I'm not saying eliminate it, but that's just kind of what it is. Billionaires, that is such a, it's a, such a large scope of a labor system that there's no way that there is no kind of underhanded labor coming along with that. There just is no, there's just, just a simple fact. It's a lot to go into, but that is one thing that I kind of get into whenever it's what Beyonce is. Because it's like, okay, we're doing the Black Panthers at Super Bowl. But then, and it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of people, a lot of fans do want to be like, oh my God, this is radical. But it's like, girl, he's a billionaire. So I do think, just go and look up the difference between million and billion. And you will see what I'm talking about in terms of the scope of um, just why billionaires are problematic, period. And so that is kind of what I want to say about Beyonce a little bit. I don't want to harp on her too much, but I do think it is, it's just a lot because it's like obviously using that parasocial relationship and connection with the black community and specifically certain sectors of black community that um that would call themselves radical it is trying to appeal to them but also commodifying that identity so because beyonce is always trying to sell something honey them them tickets i i went to the concert i went to renaissance i ain't even gonna lie like i ain't acting like i ain't participate but 
Renaissance was amazing. But whenever you think about it, those tickets were so expensive because think about it. Beyonce even sets up her own, own plumbing system when she tours. She takes her own toilet. And so if you think about there's literally probably over a thousand people. Well, okay. I would say over the span of six shows, there's probably a thousand different people that are influenced and paid through Beyonce. Like, period. You know what I mean? She has her own record company, like the, the dancers, all that. And there's a lot of under lying labor that comes with that so we got to really be thinking about this kind of shit you know what i mean like it's just this is just real shit i'm not trying to rag on beyonce but this is just the kind of example i can use because she is a main example of parasocial relationships in late stage capitalism like i'm not even gonna lie i mean rihanna um also it's interesting that well, I guess there there's a lot of men too, but I primarily follow like a lot of women, so that's why I can't really come up with a lot of men, but you you get what I'm talking about. All right, all right. So next, I wanted to get into a little bit of sociology. Um and I want to help us understand more about the phenomenon of social media and parasocial relationships in the context of sociology. And so this is the reason I'm talking about this is because I really enjoy looking at different types of social phenomena through a lens of sociology. And so there's um, a concept called manifest and latent functions. And the way that I learned about this was through learning about Max Weber. Um, and so a manifest function is basically, let's look at, we're going to look at a lot of examples, but I'm going to look at, um, okay. So a manifest function is the obvious function of a certain phenomenon. And then the latent function is kind of like an underlying one. So the manifest function refers to the anticipated and intended goals of an action or social structure. More casually, this means the reason why something is done. Manifest functions can apply to any object or institution so long as they are officially codified or stated in some way. For example, the manifest function of cell phones is to allow mobile communication between the people. The manifest function of clothing is to protect the wearer from elements. But, okay, so with cell phones, the man manifest function of cell phones is mobile communication, but a latent function of it is basically to understand more about your interests so that corporations can sell more to you and influence your basically your experience journey along a, an app or whatever to sell a certain kind of product and so these are examples of manifest functions um manifest functions of education this is one that is very important to understand and i'm really thankful for I guess the education I got in sociology, because sociology, if you study the right kind, it'll take you through and look at the education system itself and let you know what it was, what who was being brainwashed and who was spitting doctrine that was not historically accurate. <laughs> OK, so the first manifest function of education is socialization, 
which refers to the process of learning the norms and values of one's culture. This is done primarily through the family, but schools also play a role. Socialization prepares individuals to participate in society. So just think about socialization in school. I mean, when I I grew up in Mississippi where corporal punishment was (laughs) legal, we grew up getting paddled, y'all. But there's a certain way in school, you know, even bullying I got bullied a lot when I was in um, elementary, junior high, and high school. But then, like, a lot of people liked me. But in terms of the bullying, that was a form of, that was a latent function of education. Them trying to control my identity and um, my sexual identity, basically. Bullying, it was a way that these, that the institution, the way that society was trying to reinforce these rules on me. To make me try to conform. School for me, high school, elementary, and junior high was a prison. I fucking hated it. Ugh. Ah, I sound like that Alicia Keys um, <laughs> meme. Okay, social control refers social control refers to the ways in which education instills values that support the status quo and social order. Social control ensures that people conform to societal expectations and do not challenge the established power structure, the established power structure. So think about the ways that when you write papers in college, you got to write them a certain kind of way. They got to sound a certain way. You got to use a certain kind of language. You learning how to be professional, period. Code switching. The third manifestation, the the third manifest function of education is social placement. This refers to the ways in which education sorts individuals into different roles. So y'all know about that placement in school. You get certain test scores, you get tracked. And some of those tracks go to prison. I'm not even up. I'm saying some of those tracks do literally, if you look at them statistically, they go to prison because it's like some tracks, if you get, if you don't test high enough, you get put into certain classes where they're just kind of like, girl, you already don't care. So we don't really care anyway. And then there's no hope when it's like, actually, we need to be trying to understand more about people. How I, we need to be understanding how people learn, but also understand that the education system is messed up. There aren't enough resources. So I'm not really here to critique all that because I don't even, I could not begin to imagine being in a classroom with some fifth graders because these kids these days is off the wall. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. The fifth manifest function of education is promoting social and political integration. Education brings people together and helps them to understand and appreciate diversity Okay, so there are a lot of different types of functions for the education system. These are manifest functions, but there are also a lot of different types, a lot of different latent functions. Um, But in the context of parasocial relationships, I do think it's important to understand a little bit about manifest functions. So looking at these social media platforms that foster the cultivation of these parasocial relationships what is the function you know what i mean is it to create some kind of positive influence is it to create a distraction is it to create revenue is it to generate revenue is it that you got to look at the certain kind of person and the certain kind of influencer because i do think that is where a lot of people 
experience a certain amount of dissonance when they become disappointed that a certain artist or a certain influencer isn't leaning a certain way that they want them to. I've been guilty of this myself. We look at Beyonce. But I think with Beyonce, my main point with her is like, she's a billionaire. I think it's a lot for people to even expect her to even really care about Gaza because she is kind of a part of the system who uses black radicalism in an exploitative way. Like, I'm not even, I'm not knocking her, but that's just true. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I mean, let's look at the facts. <sighs> so we got to figure out ways that we can do this on our own because best believe she going to be in that bunker if the purge happens. Anyway. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I want to leave y'all with some tips because we're at an hour now, Lord Jesus. Some tips for healthy engagement with social media and to minimize the negative effects of uh, um, parasocial relationships. So setting clear boundaries about how you interact with others. You know what? Don't don't DM the influencer people. Look and see what their communication type is you know some people will dm if you are a content creator you know set clear boundaries limit your screen time and also these tips are also tips to help you engage with yourself in a more healthy fashion you know what i mean be selective with friend requests and followers use privacy settings think before you post manage your notifications practice a digital detox Please seek support when needed. If you need therapy, go to a therapist. Do not just indulge in a content creator and then reach out to them. Especially this happens with readers all the time and expect them to be able to fix all the issues. So just be cognizant of that. Um. Okay. I feel like this episode is long enough. Thank y'all for supporting. As always, we are coming up on the fourth year. Please leave me a review. Let me know what you think. Leave me a review on iTunes. Leave me five stars, baby, period. Um, share this with your family and friends, period. I'm actually migrating my website um, to Squarespace, so... My website might be down for a little bit, but please share this with your family and friends. I got the hoodoo oils on sale. It's that season, period. So I'm sending y'all so much love, wishing you the best, blessings, period. Love y'all.